0: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome out to River Ridge. If we haven't met, my name's Chad. I'm glad that uh, you chose to spend an hour with us this morning. Our, our hope and our prayer every Sunday morning is as we gather together, that we connect with our creator God in a powerful way and that we leave here challenged and changed to be able to live our lives for him. Uh, before we dive any deeper, let me pray for us. God, we thank you. Uh, we do thank you that you are a God who meets with us, that you desire a personal relationship with us and that you speak to us through your word and so now God as we open up your word I pray that you would speak to us as individuals Uh, each of us come here needing to hear from you wanting to hear from you so spirit do your work Uh, lead us we give you our minds we give you our ears we give you our time here over these next few minutes God do a powerful work in us we pray amen as you saw in that video there uh, people walk through life with all kinds of different ideas about who God is Uh, and so we're in this series where we've been looking at the character and the nature and the qualities of God because how we view him has a major impact on how not only we relate to him but also how we end up living our lives on this world Uh, when you don't understand how good God really is then we can get our lives all kinds of derailed. So in this series, we're trying to paint this clear picture of the characteristics and the quality of God so that so that we can enter into a real relationship with him and so that we can experience the full life that Jesus offers us. And this morning we're going to learn how a right understanding of who God is can actually root worry and anxiety out of our lives. There is this link between our worry and our anxiety level and what we believe and trust about God. Here's kind of the bottom line this morning that we're going to try to unpack is that worry disappears when we lean into and when we trust that God is my provider and this this idea this character quality of God that he is my provider there's a couple things that I want us to understand so that we can root out worry in our lives the first if you're taking notes is that God is the source of everything that I need time and again God promises throughout scripture that he wants to be the source of everything that we need that to provide for us and to meet our needs he is the source of The security in our lives. So much so that we shouldn't be looking to any other source for that level of security or stability. But even though that is true, even though God is my provider, oftentimes we will look into other aspects of our lives and try to find that source of security in our lives. Sometimes it's our jobs or our money or our relationships. And and the truth is that all of these things will eventually let us down. We can lose. Our health. We can lose our good looks, fellas. Some of you have already done that. But we, we we can lose our money. We can lose our relationships. And here's what happens: when we start leaning our lives on those sources, and they start giving way, our anxiety and our worry starts shooting up. The only source that will not fail us is God. Listen to how King David described his relationship with God. He said, "The Lord is my shepherd." I have all that I need. But before he was King David, he was a shepherd who watched after his dad's flocks. And, and as David started thinking about how he relates to God and the way that God relates to him, he started seeing these really striking resemblances and concluded, God's my shepherd. I can rely on him to meet all of my needs I don't know how much you know uh, about sheep, but they are incredibly defenseless animals. They don't have any natural means to protect themselves. They don't have claws or sharp teeth. They can't run very fast. And add on top of that, they're, they're really, really stupid. Uh, you, you, you will never see any uh, amazing sheep tricks show up on your YouTube channels. They, they are just dumb animals. And, and they're, they're prone to wander off uh, away from the flock. And they without a shepherd, a sheep is probably not going to survive. And David, knowing all that, said, I relate a lot to a sheep and, and left to my own, trying to meet my own needs and my own ways. I just make a mess of my life. I, I'm easy prey. I, I fall in into pitfalls in, in my life. I make a lot of dumb decisions, and I find that I just wander off in the wrong direction. So David concluded, I'm not going to look anywhere else. I need a shepherd, and God is my shepherd, and He will lead me through this life. And God says, that's what I want to be. I I want to be your shepherd. I I want to meet your needs and I want to lead you through the ups and the downs of this life. And and we have all kinds of needs in our lives. Sometimes what we need is encouragement. Sometimes we need protection. Sometimes we need guidance through this life. Sometimes we need some discipline to get us back on path whenever we, we stray off and sometimes we need comfort. And God says, I am the kind of God that looks an awful lot like a shepherd that leads you and meet your needs. I am your provider. The, the second truth that comes out of this is that God doesn't want me to worry about anything. I, I love how Peter says it in 1 Peter 5. He says, give all of your worries and all of your cares to God, for he cares about you. God says, I don't want you wandering through this life weighed down by the, the burden of worry. I want you to hand them over to me. Our English word, worry, actually comes from a German word, worgen, which means to strangle or to choke. So to, just to get a, a feel, I have an object lesson about this. Here's, here's what I want us to do. I want you to turn to your neighbor, put your hands around their neck, and just gently squeeze. I see wives on this, though, a lot of their husbands, they, <laughs> But I mean, isn't that an apt description of what worry does in our lives? I mean, it chokes, it strangles the joy and the happiness and the peace right out of our lives. And God says, I don't want you to have to walk through life with that kind of feeling. And worry is something that, that we grow into. We are not born worriers. That, that doesn't enter into our lives once we start breathing. We have to learn it along the way. Uh, my five-year-old Daniel That guy does not have a care in the world. Uh, Last week, it was dumping the rain, and and he has fallen in love with playing basketball. And he was out there in the rain with no shirt on, no socks, no shoes on, just getting absolutely drenched. And I'm like, son, get out of the rain. And he looks at me he's like, who cares? What makes the big deal? And he just walks through life without a care in the world. No worries whatsoever. I was thinking back uh, this week to my earliest memories of being worried. And I think it was probably in elementary school. And there was this boy named Timmy Smith, and I, Timmy failed about every grade, and he started shaving when he was in fourth grade, and I think he was about 17. But everybody was, was worried about Timmy. Always, and, I, and so I walked through, like, am I going to be the, the next one that, that he tries to pick on? And, and truth be told, his name is not Timmy Smith. I changed his name because I'm afraid that he might be listening and might still come after me. <laughs> And then then for me, the the real worries kicked in in middle school. Uh, I mean, I started to worry about being popular and what the girls thought about me and how I smelled. I never worried about how I smelled until I was in seventh grade. And then I was introduced to the wonderful aroma of polo. And and my my mantra was, was, if a little was good, a lot was better. So people knew I was coming from a half a mile away. And all of a sudden like, like the, the, the brands on my clothes mattered and I'd get all upset when, when mom would buy these off-brand clothes like I'm not wearing, they just sit in my closet. And I look back now on those things and they just seem so trivial compared to what I worry about these days. And the truth about me is that I don't always lie down at night and get a nice night's sleep. I, there are times that I wake up in the middle of the night and my mind is just racing and I can't fall back to sleep. It might be a problem that I don't know how to solve. It might be a decision that I know that I have to make but I don't want to. It might be a tough conversation that I have to have with someone and I'm not looking forward to it. Sometimes I I worry about my kids and if I'm doing this dad thing right. I wonder if I'm doing this husband thing right. And there are times when worry keeps me up. I think we all worry at times. Some of you are are champion worriers. You're you're professional worriers. You would say, I think I have the spiritual gift of worry. Uh, Other people don't have to worry as much because I'm worrying enough for everybody. But from time to time, that's true of all of us. We get insecure. We look at the uncertainty of the future, and we get afraid. We get a little paranoid. But worry is never God's will for anyone's life. And we are not the first generation that that suffers from worry. 2,000 years ago, the, the people that were gathering around Jesus They they went through the same thing. And so there was a time when Jesus gathered up on a mountainside and people were down below him on the hill called the Sermon on the Mount. And he looked out on this crowd that had gathered around him and he addressed worry. And in this passage of scripture that we're going to look at, he gives us two reasons why we should never worry about anything. If you're taking notes, the, the first is this, is that worry is unproductive. Worry doesn't change anything. We, we get ourselves all amped up and we spend all kinds of energy and thought process going around and we get nothing in return. It's useless. It's worthless. Well, Jesus, knowing this, he looks out into this crowd and he says this to them. He says, that's why. Because it's so unproductive. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food? Isn't life more than your body? Isn't your body more than clothing? Jesus is saying... I, I know what keeps you up at night. I know what you are worried about. You're worried about whether you have enough to eat or if you have enough clothes. And I'm telling you, stop worrying about that stuff. I think if he were to look into our lives, he would say, don't worry about your singleness. Don't worry about your retirement account balance. Don't worry about your job. Is Jesus minimizing those things? Is he saying those things aren't important? No, he's just saying that those are the wrong things to build a life for. They make a lousy foundation for a life because in their minds and in our minds, Jesus is saying, you think that if you had more money, that that life would be more satisfying. You, You think that if you had more success that you'd experience real life. You think if I just had a man, then I would actually experience what life is all about. And Jesus says, it's an illusion. Temporary things Cannot and will not bring you eternal satisfaction. You will never get to a worry free life or a satisfying life trying to improve your circumstance. Life is more than food, life is more than money, life is more than relationships. So stop worrying, stop chasing after these things that will never really bring you satisfaction anyway. And then he makes this object lesson to try to drive home this point. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your cue from the birds. He says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food yet. You don't see them scurrying around and worried about where their next meal is going to come from. Why? For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Besides, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? He says, here's what I want you to do. When you look around in creation, you don't see any other creature walking around worried about what the next day is going to be or what their future holds. They're not worried because they know. Innately, they know that their creator will provide for them. And he says, you are infinitely more valuable to God than the birds. You're the only creature created in God's image. And Jesus is saying, cause of that but because you know that he will care for you you can face the uncertainty of life without worry but you have to lean in you have to rest in this fact that your heavenly Father cares for you and he promises to provide for you and then he asked this question besides what, what does worry ever accomplish it, it doesn't add a single moment to your life in our context we'd say Worry can't make the car payment. Worry can't keep your job. Worry can't control the economy to keep your retirement account up. Worry doesn't help your kids make better decisions when they're outside of your house. Worry is a waste of time. And time is life. So worry is a waste of a life. Jesus is saying, stop wasting your life trying to control things that you can't Control. You're worrying about things that are God's responsibility. Trust that he will actually pull through. If you've done all that you know to do, then rest. You don't have to worry, and you can trust that he will provide for you. Jesus first tells us not to worry because worry is just unproductive. And then he he switches gears a little bit, shifts this analogy, and he starts talking about wildflowers in the same way that that God clothes them with, with, with beauty so they don't have to worry about that. And he makes this really pointed statement. He says, and if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. And then here's the question. Why do you have so little faith? If you're taking notes, the second part is that worry is unbelief jesus is telling us that at its core worry is a faith issue it's a lack of trust worry is it should be like a a warning light that we see on the dashboard of our cars every time i worry it's a sign that i've forgotten the promises of god i'm walking through life and i'm thinking i know god can but i don't know that god will I feel like it's on me to make this happen. Jesus is saying that that when we worry, we act like an unbeliever. We act like that there isn't a God out there. We're acting like it all depends on me, that, that, that I don't have a heavenly father who cares for me, that I don't have a good shepherd who knows where I'm at and will care for me and provide for me. Think of it this way. When Jesus died on the cross, He took care of our biggest need in life, our eternal salvation. So since that is true, it doesn't make any sense at all to say, God cares enough for me to make a way for me to get into heaven. But then act like that he doesn't care about my loneliness, that he won't provide for that, that, that he doesn't care about my career, that he doesn't care about my financial problems. Worrying is saying to God, I don't think that you will actually provide for my needs. So I'll do it myself. But again, what we need to understand is that worry disappears when our trust in God increases. So what I want to do for the time we have remaining is give some real practical ways that we can grow our trust in God so that worry can begin to diminish. The first, if you're taking notes, is that we need to ask him to be my shepherd each day that we need to make it a practice to verbalize this truth about who God is. God, you are my shepherd. And we need to say it throughout the day. The Lord, the the sovereign God of the universe, the one who created everything that we see, the one who created me and has a purpose for my life, that Lord promises to be my shepherd. He, He knows me personally. He knows my personal needs. He knows what I'm worried about. He knows what I'm concerned about. So I'm learning these days to start my day off by making this proclamation. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus, I'm asking you to be my shepherd today. And I'm expecting that you will lead my steps in my life today. And I promise that I will trust And I will follow your leadership throughout the day, wherever you lead me. And then you just repeat that throughout the day. If you're going into a meeting, you say, The Lord is my shepherd. And he's going to be with me in this meeting. He will lead me in this meeting. Lord, I I need help in handling a tough conversation. Will you lead me? Or you have a parenting decision that's weighing on you at home. And you say, The Lord is my shepherd. Would you give me wisdom? Would you help me see the right decision that I need to make over here, Lord? Or you're getting ready to coach a bunch of preschoolers and t-ball, and you say, the Lord is my shepherd. I really, really, really need some help right now. I'm helping coach some t-ballers. That is, that is some tough stuff right there. Uh, but then there will be times that, that you need more than his leadership. Um, I love the picture that Jesus paints when he, he talks about the good shepherd that goes after the lost sheep in Luke 15, and he says that, that a good shepherd will go out there and they will find the lost sheep and he will joyfully carry that sheep back home. And I love that word picture. They, there will be times when our lives are so hard, so full of, of grief and loss, so many difficult decisions that just seem to be piling up where you go to God and say, God, I, I can't follow you right now. I, I don't have enough energy to take the next step. And God says, I'm your good shepherd. I will care for you, and I will pick you up, and I will put you on my shoulders, and I will carry you through this season. You may need to repeat this phrase, the Lord is my shepherd, 10, 15 times a day. And here's what you'll find. The more often you ask for him to be your shepherd and to lead you, your worry will continually go down. So every time you start to worry, just repeat this truth. I'm going to ask the Lord to lead me and to meet my needs. And because I can trust in him, I don't have to worry about the outcome. I do what I can and I trust God to do what he says he'll do. And we need to make this a daily practice. I think sometimes we get overwhelmed with potential future problems and we look so far down the road and we borrow all that worry and bring it back into today. But God tells us that we need to trust him daily. He promises to meet our daily to give us our daily bread not our weekly bread not our monthly bread he wants us to come to him in this posture of dependence and leadership every single day so every day ask him will you be my shepherd throughout this day this is the only day that i'm promised the the second way that we can trust god more is to invite him into every area of of my life when you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life it's crucial that you invite him in to invade every aspect of your life we need to give him full access to everything he needs invited into our career and our finances into our parenting and our marriage into our dating life into our our thought life that there is nothing hidden there's nothing off limits that we aren't inviting him in to be a part of Anytime that you find yourself consumed with worry about something, it's probably an indication of an area that you have kept him out of. If there is an area in your life that that you are not willing to give over to him, if there is an area in your life that you have closed your hand around and said to God, you can have everything else, but not this, then you have found the area that is competing for your love and your allegiance and it might be above God and if you have something like that in your life it's going to be a source of insecurity and it's going to be a source of worry for some of you that's your job for some of you that might be your kids or it might be money or it might be a, a secret addiction that no one really knows about and you're trying to control on your own maybe a hard relationship that, that you have not quite given over to God that you're still trying to work through on your own here's the thing about trust is that, that trust grows only when we actually take God at his word and we obey what he says is true. Let me say that again. Trust only grows when we take God at his word and obey what he says is true. Trust is not just a feeling. Trust is an action. It's more than knowledge. I actually have to step into the uncertainty and then do something. Here's how, here's how the, the kind of equation of, of trust. I, I take a step of faith. I take a step of faith. God shows up. My trust goes up. So we'd say, I, you know, I don't want to forgive them. They, they've hurt me too much. And I don't want to forgive them because I, I'm afraid that, that they'll just get away with it. But God, you tell me that I have to forgive. That I'm supposed to forgive as you have forgiven me. So I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to forgive them, and I'm going to let go of my resentment. I'm going to let go of my right to get even. And when you do, God shows up, and you experience this freedom that comes when you let go of anger, anger and bitterness that have been wrecking your life. Your faith meets His faithfulness, and your trust grows. God, I know You've called me to be generous, but I'm worried that I won't have enough when I need it but I'm going to obey you. And when you do, God shows up and you you reap the blessing of God in your life and and the blessing of being a part of what God is doing through the resources that he's given you. You, And you begin to really understand it really is better to give than receive. Your faith meets his faithfulness and your trust grows. I I know I'm supposed to share Jesus with my friend, but I'm I'm afraid that it'll be awkward. I don't know what it'll do to the friendship, and I don't want to lose that, that friendship. But I'm going to obey. You, you tell me that I'm to be a witness here where I live, and so I'm going to obey. And when you share the hope of Christ with them, you experience firsthand what it means to be on the front lines, what it means to be on mission with God and share in the hope of Christ with the world that we live in, and you become a part of your friend's faith journey. Your faith meets God's faithfulness and your trust grows every day throughout the day i'm going to continually go to him and ask him to be my shepherd to lead my life lead this day and then i'm going to invite him into every area of my life nothing off limits i'm going to obey what he says and then the last thing is i'm going to give god my worries again god doesn't want us walking through this life with that burden resting on our shoulders And when we're worried, it doesn't do us any good to deny it, to act like that's not really true in our lives or to stuff it in some way or to ignore it. God says, I want you to bring those to to me because if we try to stuff our worries, they don't go away. They just come out sideways. and They come out in the form of, of anger or impatience or frustration that enters into... Our, our families and our, and our houses. So God says, I don't want you doing that. I don't want you ruining your relationships because you won't give me your worries. So give it to me. Hand it over to me. I love how Paul says it in, first, in Philippians 4. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank him for all that he's done. Sometimes we go through life and we have these, these feelings of anxiety or these feelings of worry, but we don't know exactly why. We can't quite put our finger on it. And we can go to God with, with those general feelings of worry, and, and he will help, and we can give those to him. But a much more powerful thing for us to do is to get out a piece of paper and to make a worry list. There are times when, when if we want to grow in our thankfulness or grow in our gratitude, we do the discipline of actually writing down the blessings that God has given in our lives. Well, in the same way if we want to experience the power of God of handing over these words we need to actually name what they are to make a literal list so what are those things what are those things that that wake you up in the middle of the night with your mind racing what are those things that create that kind of gnawing feeling that maybe you haven't quite put your finger on it yet I'm you know, worried that I'm going to be rejected at school or, or with a friend of some kind write that down Am I worried that I'm going to walk through life alone? Write that down. Am I worried that I'm going to fail at something? Maybe it's a job opportunity at work and you're just worried that it's going to end up in failure. It could be one of your kids that's kind of gone off the rails. It could be your marriage is just not right right now or your finances. Or maybe for you it's a diagnosis For you or or a loved one, and it's just creating this anxiety and this worry in your life. Whatever it is, make a list, and then you go to God with that list and say, There it is, God. These are the things that are weighing me down. These are the things that are choking the joy out of my life. So when worry comes, don't feel guilty about it. Don't don't try to run away from it. Don't beat yourself up over it. Do what Paul says. Go to God with everything. Pray about everything. Give those worries to God and let him have that burden off of your life. And then receive what it is that God promises us. Look at what he says in the next verse. He says, if we'll do that, if we will give him our worries, then you will experience God's peace. A peace which exceeds anything that we can understand. Our good God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give me your worries and I'll give you my peace, a a peace in the midst of uncertainty and the uncertainty of life that that surpasses any understanding, that won't make any sense at all to the outside world. You, You got the pink slip at work and yet somehow there's still this peace, this calm that God is still in control and you're still taking those steps forward. The diagnosis isn't good but there is this peace and calm that God gives you and you want to talk about a witness to the outside world when they look in and they see your life falling apart and they say why aren't you falling apart it's this peace that only comes from God God promises this kind of peace even in the hard times that he will give us the peace to endure and to get through it if we'll trust him and give him our worries we will go through this life one time we were only promised one life here on earth and we'll experience some moments and some seasons of incredible highs incredible blessings but then we'll also have some seasons down in the valleys where life is just incredibly difficult and it's filled with pain and filled with loss and we all have a choice to make we can walk through this life filled with worry or growing in peace and for me i've concluded life is too short joy is too precious and god is too good for me to waste my life worrying and trying to control things that are outside of my control and that he has promised to provide so instead we can choose to trust trust that he is a good shepherd trust that he is our heavenly father who knows our needs and promises to provide for those needs Let me pray for us. Father, we come before you and we we confess that there are times, there are seasons, sometimes long seasons, where if we're honest, worry just grips us. And it leads us into these paths that um, just beat us up, that wreck our lives, that, that choke us, that rob us of the full life, of the joy and the happiness and the peace and the satisfaction that you want in our lives. God, we remember and we are so thankful today for the reminder that you are our provider, that you promise as a good heavenly father, as a good shepherd who knows us, who knows our concerns, knows our needs, you promise, God, to enter into those and to meet them. And I know in a room like this, God, that there are some major, major life issues going on. It may be a marriage that's barely hanging on. It may be some financial problems, maybe bankruptcy that's looming in the future. Some kids that are just keeping us up at night. And God, those are important to you. So important that you say, bring those to me. Let me have those worries. Let me be able to do what only I can do. God, help us to remember just how good you are, that in the midst of our uncertainty, in the midst of our worries, that we can look to the cross as a reminder that you have already, you have already met our biggest need and you have provided for us a way to spend eternity with you. And since you have already done that, God, we can trust you and we will trust you. To meet these other needs in our lives. Today, God, we choose peace over worry. Today, we choose to trust you to provide for us. God, thank you. Thank you for your grace that allows us to endure through this life. Thank you for the strength that comes from you for us to take these courageous steps of faith. Where our faith can meet your faithfulness and our trust in you can continue to grow it's in jesus name we pray amen hey thanks for coming out everybody uh if you can and you want to go out in the lobby there are still a couple spots open there for big kick take advantage of that we'll see you back here next week